0: Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Thanks so much for joining me today. God... Family, friends, work, school, health, finances, all of these can easily be neglected. There is a real danger in neglect. Back in the January-February 2005 Philadelphia News, the late Philadelphia Church of God minister Alex Harrison wrote about his travels through the former colonies of the British Empire and places where the nations of Israel have left their mark. And by the time he traveled through these nations such as India, Sri Lanka, Kenya, Zimbabwe and the Philist- and the Philippines he could he could tell that there was a run down element to those countries there was an obvious lack of maintenance it's so easy to see neglect in a front lawn that is three feet tall or a garden bed that is overgrown with weeds. Years ago, I got to tour a large building in Jerusalem. It had all kinds of rooms, lodgings upstairs. And downstairs, it had huge common areas, an industrial-sized kitchen. Pretty much everything you could ever ask for to help do a work in Jerusalem. But the problem was that building was full of leaves and puddles and bird droppings and just everything was worn out and the utilities didn't work. Now, it would have cost probably into the millions of dollars to renovate and clean up that entire large building. It was such a costly, gigantic job that there was simply no way God's work could go forward with such a purchase. This was a building that had so much potential and yet that potential was outdone and overwhelmed by neglect. So it's easy to see neglect in areas like that on a physical level with physical things. I was reading an article recently about poverty stricken areas and how they're less Equipped to deal with natural disasters. There's a reason why a hurricane that hits Haiti kills thousands of people. While the same type of hurricane that hits Florida could possibly kill nobody. One nation just is not ready to deal with it. And the other one is. The other one has made preparations And the one that is poverty stricken and poor, hasn't made those preparations, doesn't have the money to make those preparations, or maybe has neglected in those preparations. And you see the impact. The impact is devastating. Again, another example of how easy it is to see the danger of neglect in these physical areas. But what about in our lives? What about neglect in our everyday responsibilities? Neglect for one day can turn into neglect for a week, a month, months, a year, a decade. And before we know it, the job of digging out of that hole, that black hole of neglect... Is just so intimidating that people just don't even try anymore. People fall into traps and can't get out, are too demoralized to even try to get out. That's the danger of neglect. Of course, the most deadly form of neglect is the kind that affects our spiritual lives. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. In this article, The Danger of Neglect, Mr. Harrison asks the question, could you then quench the spirit through neglect? The answer is a clear yes. We must keep the Holy Spirit burning brightly In our lives. So this is. A rather striking analogy. If you talk about the Holy Spirit as a burning fire. There are two ways. That fire could go out. You could actively put out the fire. You could throw water on it. And that would put it out immediately. But the other way to put out a fire is to just let it keep burning until there's nothing left. And once there's nothing left for the fire to consume, it burns itself out. And in this analogy, letting a fire burn itself out is the same as neglect. Sure, maybe we are not actively quenching the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're not actively rebelling against God's government. We're not purposely, willfully making deadly spiritual decisions. And yet, through neglect, the effect is exactly the same. The Holy Spirit is quenched either way. With neglect, it takes a little bit longer than with active rebellion. But the effect is still the same. Mr. Harrison in this article talks about the Levitical priesthood of ancient Israel and how those priests had to be attentive to keep the fire on the altar burning at all times. They had to put wood on it daily And they had to ensure that nothing happened to cause the fire to go out. He says the same kind of constant attention and daily effort is required to keep the light of God's Holy Spirit alive in your own heart and mind. A fire left to itself will eventually go out. And true to human nature, Israel's priests did eventually fail in their duty and the fire went out. So quite the effective analogy, comparing the Holy Spirit to fire, comparing neglect to letting that fire burn itself out. The Holy Spirit is a living, flowing, burning, (laughs) there's plenty of analogies, spiritual power. It's the power of God. And it moves. It doesn't stay still. The Holy Spirit in us, in our minds, if we've been baptized and received that Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit with us, helping us as we strive to make that greater commitment to God, it has to grow and flow. It has to be stirred up every single day. That's what your Bible says. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 makes this point. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We renew the power of the Holy Spirit helping us every single day. It can't be neglected. Neglecting it for even one day, skipping the spiritual priorities for even one day can have devastating, demoralizing consequences. And probably all of us have experienced that at some point. And it's certainly a painful lesson to learn neglecting prayer and Bible study makes it so much tougher to get back into it again. We become less skilled at those things if we decide to take time away from them. And so it's even harder to get back into those things again. Mr. Harrison points out These two most obvious areas where we must keep that Holy Spirit fire burning. It is prayer and Bible study. Those are the two most important areas. Like I said at the beginning, it's so easy to neglect God. Plenty of other areas we can neglect as well. All of those areas will hurt us, but nothing hurts us more than neglecting our Creator He wants a relationship with us. And unless we trust him wholeheartedly, plenty of problems will arise. Colossians 4 verse 12, as Mr. Harrison quotes here, talks about Epaphras. The Apostle Paul wrote about him. He was always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. There are so many things we have to talk about with God. So much to discuss. The prayer outline of Matthew 6 shows that prayer is fundamentally unselfish. It's not all about us. How easy can it be to neglect those parts of prayer that are about praising God, asking for his kingdom to come, asking for his will to be done in the work, praying for others, just like it talks about here with Epaphras. So often we have all of our worries and cares and concerns our hopes and dreams and desires at the very top of the list. But those prayers just will not be as impactful as they should be if we're putting ourselves first. So we could neglect prayer by skipping it altogether, or we could even neglect specific parts of it because it is a lot easier to speak in detail about ourselves. There's a lot more urgency when it comes to speaking about ourselves naturally. And we could overlook those more important other aspects of prayer. We could neglect those. Mr. Harrison writes, in short, prayer is essential to your spiritual vitality. You cannot retain God's spirit without it. Unless you pray and pray often, you will quench God's spirit. Praying often, that's what King David did three times a day. The prophet Daniel prayed three times a day. So many of the biblical heroes most likely did it three times a day. Morning, noon, and night. Or evening, morning, and midday. They had that constant contact. Now this subject of neglect was extremely corrective for me. It really did hit home to me. I could see so many areas that I have neglected in some way or another over the years. The good thing is, though, we still have time to turn things around. The Bible talks about taking vengeance against the devil for causing us to fall into those traps of neglect. Fighting him And ultimately Satan is a coward and he flees when we go on the attack. When we charge at him head on like David against Goliath as we heard recently here in Edmond, Oklahoma during Sabbath services. The devil will flee. James 4 verse 7. Now Mr. Harrison turns to Bible study. Bible study is the one that is more often overlooked. We need to pray for God's help and his Holy Spirit power every day. We need to talk to God, but Bible study is God talking to us. It's him replying to us. And we need that just as much if not more, you know, from any human relationship <laughs> that if one person talks the entire time, it becomes pretty unpleasant. It, it becomes overbearing. Who wants to be talked at the entire time and never be able to respond? That's exactly what it is if we do our prayer and miss out on study. If we let a few days go by and then realize, oh, I haven't even made any progress in this booklet that I started or this this Bible book that I wanted to, to study into more deeply this week. Every single day, we can burn this truth into our minds and hearts. We can etch it deep within us. And that's what gives us a living hope. We can put the truth in us and it can flow out from us, much like the Holy Spirit does as well. When we are studying deeply into the truth we really want to, to share what we learned with our friends, with our family. And so the truth does end up flowing out from us as well. Mr. Harrison writes, you must approach Bible study as a seeker of truth, a seeker of truth, not as a scoffer and a scorner, someone trying to prove things wrong, someone trying to prove his wrong ways right, but as a seeker of truth. First Thessalonians five verse twenty one, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So prove all things, not disprove all things. Prove all things. The Bible is right every single time. We don't have to have any doubt in that. We have plenty of material available to you for free at thetrumpet.com that will explain that to you. Mystery of the Ages, the proof of the Bible, does God exist? You can absolutely, definitively prove that the Bible is right about everything. And once you prove that, that has to be the mindset. It has to be a positive study of the Bible to prove it and not to disprove it. And when we study regularly, in balance, not 10 hours a day to where we get distracted by the twiggy issues and get away from the trunk of a tree, when we study regularly, in balance, with the right mindset, as a seeker of truth... It changes everything about us. It changes the way we think. It changes the desires we have. The things that used to tempt us and distract us just don't have the same effect anymore. We're thinking on a higher plane. We're receiving a vision of a glorious future. And we can see right through the dark and gloomy present to that bright Glorious future. Mr. Harrison makes a brilliant point here. It doesn't take any effort to be deceived. Again, neglect. To be deceived, all you have to do is nothing, all you have to do is not study. Not prove things for yourself. Just stagnate. And become worn down. Become like that filthy building that I toured in Jerusalem years ago. A building with all the beauty and potential in the world. It used to be beautiful. And yet, when we visited it, it's just overrun with leaves and bird droppings what a fall from the way that building used to be it didn't take any effort for the building to to become that way it just t- took people not sweeping not maintaining the utilities not painting the walls not mopping the floors not keeping the birds out <laughs> it takes absolutely no effort to be deceived that is that is the definition of neglect no effort just stagnating as you are making no improvement not letting the holy spirit grow and flow no effort Mr. Harrison writes, the word of God and God's spirit are inseparably linked. Jesus Christ said in John six, verse 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Don't you want to read about life? That's right within the pages of your Bible. It's spirit. It's life. Neglecting that means choosing death, even though it's not active rebellion. It's choosing not to learn about life. And what is the opposite of life? There is real danger in neglect. We've mainly talked about prayer and Bible study. But it is obvious when we look around at society the real slippery slope of neglect. Neglect in family leads to broken homes and criminals and Basically, the government taking over for what the father should be doing. The government steps in gladly when the father fails. What about neglect in finances? Not having a budget. Not tracking how we use credit cards. What happens? Before we know it, we're in our 30s and 40s and beyond, with no savings, crippling debt. It didn't take any effort at all. It just took neglect. The average person in the U.S has about 10 to 15,000 dollars in debt, and that's not even including debt on a mortgage. So much debt just stacked up on credit cards. Just a burden hanging over their heads like a black storm cloud. And it all happened because of neglect. So you can see how neglect is damaging in every area. That's something we desperately need to avoid. It's just about making a little bit of progress in each area each day. I have a list of all the areas of my life. And by the end of the day, I just want to be able to write, okay, I made the tiniest amount of progress here. I wrote 100 words, (laughs) even though that's not a lot. It's more than zero words. If I can, if I can just at the end of the day say, okay, I made some progress here. I got some grading done. I did some preparation for classes. I prepared for a radio show or whatever it might be. I spent a good amount of time with my family. I read 10 pages. I want to read every day. (laughs) You see, not always going to have time for 50 to 100 pages of reading. But 10 pages is more than zero. So category by category, was any progress made? If progress is being made, we're not falling into the trap of neglect. This is a daily battle, and it's a spiritual battle. Satan will attack us with neglect any chance he can. And we have to drive him out. So do all you can to crush the deadly danger of neglect. Remove it completely from your life. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.